Welcome to the climb! This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business. Leverage is what you're going to need to move ahead. Listen, the good news is you don't have to ask anybody's permission because you can do it yourself. The bad news is you got to do it yourself. That's why we called it the climb, C-L-I-M-B, creating leverage in the music business. That's a Baxteronym, and that comes from my good friend and co-host, Mr. Brent Baxter. Brent's an award-winning hit songwriter with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady Antebellum, Joe Nichols, and more. And he helps songwriters like you turn pro by revealing how you can write like a pro, do business like a pro, and on a regular basis, he gives you amazing opportunities to connect with the pros and create relationships and climb up that upward mobility ladder. You can find Brent very easily at songwritingpro.com. Once again, that's songwritingpro.com. And I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinnell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. They're breaking artists digitally by identifying new fans through data. Yes, it's complicated, but yes, Johnny's very smart, thankfully. If you're an artist looking to increase your streams, blow up your video views, sell more live show tickets, and get discovered by new fans, TV, and music industry pros, then Daredevil Production can help. Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs, just to name a few. You can find Johnny at DaredevilProduction.com. That is production, singular, no S, and there is no S because there is no other Johnny D. How you doing, brother? Woo! I hate my internet in my house and my cell service, but other than that, I'm doing all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, you know I love you like a brother, but I also hate your cell service in your it's house. All right. <laughs> it's just my service. It's not who I am. <laughs> That's right. It doesn't define me. It doesn't define me. <laughs> uh, what are we going to learn today? All right. Today, we're going to talk about... How it's not just enough to focus on your songs not giving someone a reason to pass, not giving someone a reason to say no. You got to give them reason to say, hell yes. And so that is what we're going to talk about today. It's about up in the bar, changing your mindset, and writing songs that somebody wants to do a backflip over. Love it, love it, love it, love it. Okay. Well, before we do that, let's take care of a little business here. We know during COVID, it's an all digital world, but we will mm-hmm. get back to touring. And you're going to need, you're going to want, you're going to love physical media for today's independent musician. I mean, digital royalty payments are so small that selling products like CD, vinyl, T-shirts at gigs, it becomes a very crucial income generator. So it'll put gas in your tank and in your belly to get Mm. you the next town. That's right. And you know what? Knock, knock. Who's there? Math. Math says you need about 3,000 streams to equal one CD sale, like at a live show. So we love streams. Go rack up as many streams as you can. That's great. Go chase your Spotify and all that good stuff. We're not against that stuff. But just realize that you make the same amount of money from 3,000 streams as you can just by like selling one CD off your merch table. So we are believers that you are leaving money on the table when you don't have merch on the table. Thankfully, our friends at Disc Makers are the place to go for disc and other physical media, including vinyl, USB drives, and even those fancy T-shirts. You can find them on line at www.discmakers.com that is d-i-s-c makers.com or you can give them a call at 800-468-9353 that's 800-468-9353 if you haven't joined the climb community yet please do so this is a thriving facebook community you know it's still 
awesome and small. It's like maybe 1,200 people in the group. And people helping people. We're posting stuff there on a regular. Mm-hmm. There's places where you get to shout yourself out. There's new gigs. You can ask questions about songwriting. You can find some songwriting hookups that's been happening. Mm-hmm. You can ask marketing questions, different strategy questions that other artists are using. And you're going to get a whole lot of answers with that. So it's something that we, that we highly recommend. We invite everybody in. We let everybody in. But you have to ask to be let in. And just play by the rules. There's not many. Otherwise, you'll be roadhoused out, right? That's right. I want to give a couple shout-outs real quick. Every Wednesday, we have our New Heights post that you can post your wins under there. So I just wanted to shout-out Alex Rhodes' show. He said, I got my release schedule mapped out this morning. Four months of work and task calendared. Nice. Because apparently Alex knows that if it's not on the calendar... It doesn't happen. That's right. So he's got four months worth of work and task calendar. And so that's awesome. And also Cheryl's Anderson says, 10 songs written in the last four weeks, smiley face, and they aren't all bad. At least half of them are album worthy. Smiley face. So good work, Alex and Cheryl's and everyone else who's posted and shared information and all that good stuff. So we appreciate y'all. Thanks for being part of the Climb community. That is awesome. And hey, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast so you get all of the episodes in a row and you can pick and choose but you have them all there take 30 seconds leave a rating and review we're trying to get to 200 we want you to leave an honest review mm-hmm. but we hope it's five stars but we read them all on the air you know make sure that happens and then finally tell a friend about it this is the best thing that you can do if you're finding value on this if you've been with us for years and consuming the content it means it's valuable to you obviously we couldn't get that kind of attention from you if it wasn't so Mm -hmm. tell some other people about it put it on social media send it out to your email list you know let people know that's right what's going on so let's talk about saying hell yes that's one of my favorite phrases (laughs) that's right so some of you climbers out there you're writing your songs really well you're paying attention to the radio you're carefully considering and you're removing any lyrical landmines in your song right you're knocking off those rough edges you're polishing your songs to a smooth commercial surface a nice corporate compliant surface right and that might be why you're not getting any attention so i was doing a workshop for nsai the other night and a songwriter asks a good, valid question, like, what kind of song should I play for a publisher? Should I play my most commercial song, or should I play, and she's like, finger quotes, my best song? And it was a great question. And it sent me off on a rant, some stuff that's been on my mind lately. We've kind of touched on some of this recently, some of my episodes, but I just want to take a little different angle at it today. So I'm going to share some of that rant with you now. Nice. Let's revisit that Play for a Publisher event we had with Woody Bomar a couple months ago. Good songs, right? All 10 songs that got curated were all good songs, well-written songs. There was even that one song in particular that Woody said, hey, this song is just as good as this type of song that gets played on the radio. It's like a beachy type thing. It's like, it's just as good as that type of song that gets played, but I can't get that cut. I'm going to revisit that Labelhead story. So Woody is a veteran respected, successful music publisher, and he has his independent company now. But a couple years ago, the head of a record label was coming in to see him. So he's getting his best ammo together, his most hit suspicious songs. So the guy walks in. He's like, hey, Woody, man, just play me three songs you think will never get cut. Songs you love, but you think will never get cut. And Woody's like, excuse me? Nice. And the guy said, yeah, man, if I put out a call today for a mid-to-up-tempo country song where the singer is flirting with a girl at the bar, I'm going to have 150 of them on my desk by the end of the day. And they're all going to be really good. They're all going to be really well written. People are writing them right now. Mm -hmm. I need that thing that's different. 
I'm not going to have 150 of on my desk. And so, you know, Woody was really pushing us to have something that's different, that's still really well-crafted, still works kind of on radio as far as we can figure, but can't be the same thing that everything else is. Like you mentioned that one song, hey, that's just as good as this type of stuff that gets on the radio. And that is good praise. That's not easy to get to that level of craft to be just as good as some of the stuff on the radio. But at the same time, that's not where the bullseye is that it's going to help us to hit. So Brownlee Ferguson, he's the owner of Blue Water Music. And Blue Water's where I had my first paid gig in the music business. I was there doing data entry <laughs> at Blue Water when I first moved to town. Yeah. And so he was the owner. And, you know, we were just sitting around talking with some folks. And he said a lot of writers, they get in the room, they get so concerned with what radio won't play that they knock all the cool edges off their song. And so they come out of the writer's room with this well-crafted, very vanilla, safe thing. And Blue Water is like a boutique, especially back then, was a boutique publishing company. Really cool, different writers like Jim Lauderdale and Kim Ritchie and Chris Knight and Tim Kreckle was there and Charlie Steffel and like these cool, different writers. But he said some writers get in, they come out with this little vanilla thing. He's like, we can't get those cut because we're not going to beat Sony ATV with stuff that's just as the same as what Sony ATV has. Right. He goes, you let me worry about what radio is going to play. Basically, what he's saying is you go be your bold, fearless, creative, expressive self, and let me rein you in if you go too far. Let me worry about what's too far. So we can go, okay, this second verse, that's that's this line here where, you know, whatever, maybe knock off that edge. But let me worry about that. I can't draw you out if you don't go far enough, but I can always rein you in if you go too far. Let me worry about that. And that piece of advice always stuck with me. And so my thesis for today is... If all you do is not give someone a reason to say no, they'll never say yes. So you can write this song, and you've removed all the no's. Okay, it's mid to up-tempo. It's the guy singing to the girl in the moment. There's a lot of imagery. It has a nice, clever hook and the sing-along chorus. Why would they say no? No one says anything offensive. It's just corporate radio compliant, as Tim Hunsey says. Yeah. Those things are probably not getting much attention. You're not giving them a reason to say yes, because they can get those all day long. When they get those, they're going to go with the relationship, right? They're getting them all day long from people that have had multiple hits, Mm -hmm. multiple cuts, Mm -hmm. and that they know they can do business with, that they have fun with, that they're a hang with. So Mm -hmm. for that first single, that first cut for you, you need to be doing something different than exactly what's in the mainstream. I mean, you have to be smart about it. It has to be commercial, Mm -hmm. right? It can't be so far out there that it could only work with a certain artist, right? Right. That wants to make that statement or something. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's how you're going to stick out. This reminds me, I was reading that negotiation book and Mm -hmm. a couple episodes ago, I kind of read a little bit from that. Well, one of the techniques they talk about is called an accusational audit, And the accusational audit is, let's say you're a brand new writer in terms of you don't have a relationship. It's the first meeting you're going to have with a publisher or something. And when you go in and sort of say already what they might be thinking, but you're still speaking intelligently, like you're far enough along on your writer journey to have, first of all, a bunch of songs. You're not the guy or the girl that's like, okay, I'm going to just see what happens with these first three songs. And Mm -hmm. I'm going to need some validation from those before I decide to write anymore. Right. Let's say you're a writer, you're writing, you've got a bunch of stuff. An accusation audit would be similar to if you ever seen the end of Eminem's movie, Eight Mile, 
mm-hmm. where like his rap is an accusational audit. It's everything that other guy is going to say about him. Yeah, he's bringing it up about himself, all the negative stuff first. He's in front of it. Yeah. In this situation, you might be, okay, look, I know that you and me don't know each other from a can of paint and you're trying to f- just see if there's a good writer in here or whatever. So I brought you two stacks. Here's one of some great commercial stuff that's right across the plate. And here's a stack of some stuff that I think is really good that's probably never going to get cut. You choose. Wouldn't that be interesting? (laughs) As a publisher, you might be like, ooh, okay. It's like you're saying all the right things on the first date, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. As long as you know the difference between the two as a writer. Right. Doing something like that would be a great way to create some relationships, get a couple laughs, you know, and... Mm -hmm. Get them to say, hell yeah, I'm going to choose this pile first. Let's see. Exactly. And if I think that's interesting, maybe I'll get to the commercial stuff to know what you think about that. I'd be interested in hearing a little bit of picking from both piles. Yeah. Because I've had conversations with Hunzi, who's creative director over at Anthem Entertainment, so legit publisher veteran. Talking about, I need to know that you have an idea of where the commercial marketplace is. That you're keeping up. It's not totally foreign to you. But at the same time, you know, they want something that's different, too. So you can kind of... Have a foot in both worlds. Yeah. And what you were saying earlier about relationships, I think, is really important because not only are they going to go with the relationships, if it's just songs that give people no reason to say no, they're going to write that all day long themselves. Like most artists these days are also writers on a lot of their stuff. And so they can write the safe corporate radio compliant stuff themselves because they have hit songwriters lined up to write with them. Yeah. And they're going to bring their best, this is a hit idea. This is radio. It's right down the middle, clever hook, up-tempo, going to be great at your live shows. Like, they're coming out swinging. Or they're doing the, hey, man, what's on your heart? What's going on with you? You know, they're coming with one or the other. Right. Depending on what their relationship is with that artist. And so, especially with that up-tempo, yeah, it would sound great in a stadium. It would sound great with all your fans singing along with it. And They got that covered, man. If that's all I'm bringing, why would they do mine? They probably have their own that they've written, that they put their own little flourishes on that they are more attached to because they were there when they wrote it, and they can make the little details their own, and they get more money from it. They get the writer's share, and they have publishing interest in it, that sort of thing. It's hard to beat that stuff. It's good to be able to write that stuff to show that you know where the commercial marketplace is, that you can go there, and that sort of thing. But don't worry so much about why someone might say no. Focus on why someone might say yes, and not just yes. Why would someone say hell yes? That's what I've been trying to do lately. On my best days, I'm swinging for the hell yes. So I wrote a song recently with a couple guys, and we knew that some artists would be afraid of this idea. Mm-hmm. But we also knew that it was honest. We knew that it was real. We knew that it was a truth. And it's built in a way that it pays attention to the format. We did little things to make it more cuttable, basically. So we wrote this thing that was pretty honest from a new dad's point of view or dad-to-be's point of view. And we just had an honest conversation about, you know, what did we feel at the time and blah, blah, blah. And we said, let's just put that out there. And it's not the pretty little picture that maybe women want to hear all the time <laughs> right. about a husband that's finding out he's going to be a dad. We dove into some stuff. It has the verse, course, verse, course, bridge, course. The time is good. It's like low three minutes. So it's not a long song. It's not an up-tempo, but it's got some mid to it, so it has some energy to it. We also made a third person where it's not the singer going, I felt this way. The singer saying, he's doing this, and he's doing that, and he's sitting there thinking this. You did that intentionally because for this particular kind of a song, this could provide some insulation to where you could tell the story and not have to be 
a dad. Exactly. And you could tell the story and it gives you a buffer with your brand because maybe you're still a single guy or you're not the artist that has a family and kids and therefore this could still work for you and it's something that's real and it's heavy and it's good and maybe you're headed that way but you're not there yet so all of a sudden it opens up the market a little bit yes that's smart it opens it up for thank you heck even women to sing it opens it up for guys that aren't dads wow i didn't even think that yeah a woman could sing it exactly and (laughs) the real reason we did it is because we believe it's going to really resonate with the guys that are dads because we're just being honest and it's not what you would think from the outside looking in Mm -hmm. but from the inside looking out so this is going to resonate with a lot of dads they'll be like yep i didn't really talk about it but yeah you know but it gives the singer some insulation hopefully the story and what we're saying revealing the honesty and the rawness of it the singer's going to hear and go that's so true (laughs) you know yeah that's what you want you want the singer to resonate but they probably haven't written it but yet he may be a little scared to go sing that in front of people and admit to that stuff right yeah so i'm just telling you about this other guy (laughs) that is going through this thing and thinking these things and feeling these things. It doesn't have to be me. Right. It's this other guy, but it's going to resonate with me, the singer, because, yeah, man, I've been there, but maybe I don't want to be the guy, just in case some women may not love the song, but the guys may go, well, yeah, dude, that's so true. So I got another point here. This is a classic psychological tactic, I think, with therapists and in situations where it might be a tough conversation to have, mm-hmm. where somebody doesn't necessarily want to admit, like you might have a first time father who's going through everything you're talking about in this song. Mm-hmm. And not only is he terrified about having the baby, but he's also maybe ashamed that he's having some of these thoughts. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Or he doesn't feel like it's something that he doesn't even want to admit to himself. Right. So when you put it in the third person, when you're asking for a friend or when they're like, my friend said this or said that, and that allows them to talk about it. Mm-hmm. For instance, this is a crazy sort of corollary, but it works. Like during COVID with the Netflix dives, I watched documentaries on what's his face? Who was the big mass murderer? Dom- Dahmer. Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah. Jeffrey Dahmer. Well, how they got Jeffrey Dahmer, he was really smart. And they couldn't never get him. And the way that they got him to admit was they went in and asked for advice. Hey, we know you're not a serial killer, but if you were, how would you do this? Like, what do you think happened on this case in this case? And then because he thought it was third person, he felt comfortable enough to have that conversation. And start revealing things. And start revealing things. And that's how they busted him. Now, you see the power of that? Like, (laughs) when this is as deep and as heavy as the subject matter is, that makes you even more brilliant than before. Because it's like, now, because it's not talking about me, all of a sudden it kind of creeps in. You're like, hey, man, everybody goes through this. And that's the thing, too. For us, we're aiming at the hell yes, right? We know it's like, okay, some artists aren't dads, and this is not going to resonate. Pantheon Podcast listeners, Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house, and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. 
With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. with them it's probably gonna be more of a male thing and so an artist that's a dad so that narrows it some and maybe the women aren't gonna love this as much here in that uh maybe but there's a segment of the population that we believe or hear this and go for one thing i'm not alone in feeling this way and hell yes right like okay yeah Whew, yeah, what a relief. And so let's aim for that, which is still a big freaking market, right? Yeah. And so we're not focusing on the reasons why someone may not cut that thing, this particular song, but focusing on why someone will hear it and go, hell yes, that's awesome. And I haven't heard that a thousand times. It's fresh and it's honest and real, and it just hadn't been covered and beat to death. And so we're just, like I said, swinging for the fences, aiming for the hell yes. Like, why is somebody going to flip out over this? I have plenty of songs that are good, up-tempo, positive, love, happy, feel good. And you hope that it just grew so much and the hook is so cool and our wordplay and everything just feels so good. That's going to give somebody the hell yes. But let's go with subject matter. And we try to put the best melody to it and vibe and everything as well. But that's really going for a riskier thing. It may not be as broad, but if it hits somebody, it's going to hit a lot deeper. Yeah. So we're aiming for that, like depth of impact. And looking back over my own catalog, Monday Morning Church was that way. Went top five, but there are a lot of artists that would have been afraid to go there. Talk about yelling at God, having a crisis of faith. Mm. There are a lot of labels that maybe wouldn't have let their young artists put that out into the world because of how they would be perceived by a fan base that is just getting to know them. Bible Belt country music would have been scared off by that. That's a good point. Go down that rabbit hole for just a second. Like, that might have not ever gotten cut if it was Alan Jackson's first or second record. Exactly. He was deep into his career at that point, right? Way deep, yeah. And so there are a lot of people that, even if they'd heard it and liked it, might have been like, oh, I love it, but my label won't let me do it, or we sure aren't going to put it out as a single to brand me in that place. But Alan was the artist that it resonated with him. I think he was thinking about maybe his dad who had passed away or something. I remember reading at the time, like there was some personal stuff that resonated with him. He's thinking about his mom and his dad. And he was at the place in his career, like he could put that out. People know who Alan Jackson is. Yeah, He's not going to ruin their opinion of him by putting out something that's open and honest and vulnerable and admits to some stuff that's maybe a little darker or whatever. It's like, no, I mean, he's Alan Jackson. He's Hall of Famer. Yeah. He's an all-time great. He could do that. Not everyone could do that. And so when you're looking at these songs, you're like, this may take longer to get cut. Not everyone could cut this. But when it hits, it's going to hit deep and it's going to hit hard. Remember, it's not how many people aren't going to love it. 
is somebody going to flip their lid? That's what I need to be thinking about, not just having something that nobody's going to be offended by and nobody's going to, yeah, I think the masses are going to dig it. What is somebody going to lose their mind over? And we don't always know that at the beginning. There are plenty of fun songs that are light and are just catchy and so much fun. And those work too, but that's almost a different game. So I'm talking about those Monday morning churches. And not to put this in the same category, but, you know, like Drunk Girl and The House That Built Me and I'm Moving On and I Drive Your Truck. Those songs give people a reason to go, hell yes. Right. Homeboy, Eric Church, you know, different. Some of it, Monsters, Ashley McBride stuff. Some people may not dig it. Chris Stapleton, some people may not dig it. Not everybody's going to get Chris Stapleton. He doesn't get massive radio airplay. Right. But he gives people reason to go, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. Like, right. He goes there, and he goes there strong, and he's really great at what he does. And he has a good career going. Ashley McBride, same thing. She's not the cookie-cutter, blonde bombshell on the radio Singing pop songs, yeah, it's got more depth. She's got something else going on, and she's freaking awesome. She has a song on her current record. I don't know if she'll single it or whatever, but it's called Shut Up, Sheila. And it is daring. It is bold. It is well-written. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you went there. That's freaking amazing. And it's not a worldview that is mine. But it's a glimpse into this family that is so not my family. Right. But it's so well done. You're like, that's amazing. Wow. Not for everybody, but wow. Don't be afraid of those. Don't worry about why someone may say no. Focus on giving them a reason to say yes. Big yes. Yeah. Yeah. I want to set your mindset and help you go, I'm going to be bold. A lot of people may not dig this. I've told people for a long time, write something that's too real for radio. (laughs) Go there. Practice going there and having that depth, that realness, even if it's a fun song, being real and going, well, I mean, that's what we did on Friday night. So I'm going to put that in the song, even though that's not exactly what everyone else says they do on Friday nights in country songs. No, what do you do? What's real? You don't drink out of solo cups or Dixie cups. You drink out of something else. Fine. Put that in there. So it works on all kinds of levels. But some disclaimers, the reason to say no that you have to remove this whole time I've talked about, don't worry about why they might say no. There is a why they might say no that you do need to remove. And that is the no because it's not well written. These songs can't just be different or edgy or whatever. They, like any song, must still be written really well. They have to be well crafted. Just because it's really honest doesn't mean you can have a forgettable melody or jack up your rhyme scheme, okay? Yeah. Still has to be really well written, not just different. So you get no pass on craft, okay? (laughs) That is still a must-have. Always focus on your craft. You just want to do that crazy, bold, raw, real thing, honesty, just well-crafted. So that doesn't give them an out. Disclaimer number two. This advice is for anyone, but especially for those trying to get into the music business. Once you're in, reality kind of warps a bit for you, okay? This is really for you climbers out there that are trying to break into the business. You're not riding with the artist yet. You're not inside the publishing deal. You're not inside the machinery yet. You're trying to get noticed. We talked before about the fence to get into the game, into the arena, is a lot higher than some of the hurdles you'll have to jump once you're in it. It's that kind of thing. you got to have a fence-hurdling song to get you over that outside fence, which is higher than some of the hurdles inside the fence. Because once you're in, 
you can play a different game at times. For example, when Byron Hill, who's Hall of Fame songwriter, and I got together and wrote When Your Lips Are So Close with Gord Bamford, we were trying to write a hit for Gord as the artist. He's a well-known Canadian country artist, had a lot of success up there. And so we had the artist and Byron was the producer. So we had the artist and the producer in the room. And that is a different game. So that song was kind of edgy for Gord, but it would not have been considered edgy for a lot of U.S. country artists. It was on the edge of his lane, and it went huge for him. It won Single of the Year for him at the 2014 Canadian Country Music Awards. It was a big song for him. And on that, we polished it, and it was a little edgy for him, for his lane. And we were careful to remove some possible objections, some misunderstandings in the lyric and that sort of stuff. So we still crafted the heck out of it. But that was a little different game. So I can look at my outside songs and some of my inside songs and see a difference. Outside song, Monday Morning Church. I didn't write it with the artist or the producer. There was no inside track or relationships on those. And that is a daring song where you talk about being mad at God and have a crisis of faith. Wow, a lot of reasons to just say no, but it gave somebody a reason to say hell yes. When your lips are so close, I think a very well-written song. Fit his needs, what he wanted, and where he wanted to go. It's a love song, so it's more traditional that way. But still, we wrote it with a high level of craft, best we could do. And that was huge for him. Could I have gotten that song cut? by somebody else if I didn't write on it with the artist and the producer. I don't know. It's a different game. Every Head Bowed for Randy Travis is a very different song. It's out there. It's sung from the point of view of an eight-year-old boy in church and some of the stuff he gets into. It's a slice of life. It's comedy. It's his storytelling. It's country. It's just different. There's not a lot of those floating around. And that got cut by Randy Travis. You know, use terms like spork in there. <laughs> and it's just different, right? It was very different from Monday Morning Church, and that Monday Morning Church is like this big, deep, wow, theological crisis of faith, lamentation, psalms kind of thing. And then Every Head Bowed was this funny story. They're different from each other, so these don't have to be the same thing. But that got an outside cut. We didn't write it with Randy. After hearing that song, Randy wanted to write with us, which was really cool. Yeah. But then you look at another inside song, a little more inside, Can I Get a Witness?, which right now is at number one in Southern Gospel. It was recorded by The Sound. I wrote it with Kenna West and Jason Cox. Mm -hmm. This is like writing with Ashley Gorley and Hillary Lindsay in country music. <laughs> you know, that was like me sitting in the room with Ashley Gorley and Hillary Lindsay going, okay, let's just not mess this up. <laughs> Both Jason and Kenna have a track record of number one singles like a mile long. And they and their teams can get their songs to anyone and everyone in Southern Gospel. So with Witness, we weren't trying desperately to get attention. We weren't trying to get over the fence. We were as inside the fence as you could be. And we are just trying to write a great big hit single, a big fat fastball right down the middle. But even with that, we knew the song was a progressive Southern gospel song. More traditional artists probably wouldn't cut it, but we didn't back it up to right down the middle. Kenneth was able to pitch it to the artist that fit that song, and they loved it. And it was the first single off the project and their very first number one. So you may be able to look at when your lips are so close or can I get a witness? And you might think, well, those aren't really edgy and those aren't really what you've been talking about, Brent. But hopefully you're aware that they're well-crafted. They're a little different from other stuff and they're hopefully great songs. We try to write them as well as we could. So don't let that diffuse everything else I've told you. That was different. Kenneth sent that song directly to the artist and they flipped when they heard it because it really suited their needs. Like, oh, this would be great live. It has that call and response for this moment in the song and it's this big song. And so that's a little different thing than maybe your situation. 
And so what got me into the business was Monday Morning Church. What got me a Randy Travis cut? The Spork song. Other people knew it as the Twinkie song because I mentioned a freaking Twinkie in the song. <laughs> you know, it's a song about this kid in church and they were hungry at church and it's like whatever, at 12 o'clock, we hit the road to the KFC because we're going to beat the Catholics there. While they were still confessing, we were blessing our mashed potatoes with every head bowed, every eye closed. Just different. There's just not a lot of those floating around. And one thing I think is smart to try and do why you want to write different is it makes it more of a binary choice. Going back to the Woody comment, this is just as good as this type of thing that gets on the radio, which means there are probably a lot of those type of things floating around Music Row. So when it comes across their desk, they're like, yeah, man, I like that kind of thing. Or I like that. Which one of these do we want to cut that are like this? Because now we probably have 20 of this type of song. They all meet spec. They're all well-written. They all have good hooks. They're all competitive. They all meet spec. Which one of these do I want to cut? And inevitably, they're going to choose somebody they know. The math is not in your favor on that. The relationships, the tiebreakers are not in your favor. You get a song like... Boy, or Homecoming Queen, or I Drive Your Truck. You know, you write I Drive Your Truck, and you put that across the desk. Lee Bryce isn't going, man, which one of these type of songs do I like the most? <laughs> yeah, because they're so different. Right. It becomes more of a binary choice. This song is freaking amazing. Do I love it, and do I want to cut it? Yes or no on this song, not yes or no on this category of song. And then which one of these out of here do I want? To cut. You still have to fight against relationships and all that kind of stuff. For one thing, it's not easy to write, I drive your truck. I haven't written that one, you know? But it gives them a reason to go, yes, that one. Yeah. So don't be so worried about why someone might say no. I want to add something to that, too. Yeah. Obviously, you want to be thinking about cuts and everything like that, too. But what if you've got this incredibly written song that maybe isn't going to get cut. It's a really good song, but maybe because of material or something like that, it's not going to get cut. But mm -hmm. the benefit that completing a song like that could do is maybe it doesn't end up getting a cut, but it ends up satisfying a publisher's thought that, you know what, there's a good songwriter in here. Oh, the yeah. fact that you could go here, mm -hmm. I like this. And then you've got this other stack of meatballs across the plate that you have this awareness of the game that has to be played with corporate radio compliance, compliant. <laughs> corporate yeah, radio, radio compliant, compliant. Yeah. but also you can go to this place here and it could be your sort of ace in the hole that shows a spectrum, a range that you can write in mm -hmm. that all of a sudden proves to somebody who doesn't know you from a can of paint with the work that there's a lot of room in there that you can move around and that becomes exciting that could lead to a co-write yeah. from that publisher mm -hmm. or something like that you know so it's not even just about getting the cut getting someone to say hell yes you're a good writer yeah you distinguish yourself from the herd of really competent writers who meet spec going back to Tim Hunsey I asked him what he looks for in a writer and one of the big things he looks for is they have something to say these kind of songs are where you can prove that you have a point of view you have something to say even Monday Morning Church, a lot of people are like, well, it'll never be a single. They just kind of took that for granted. It'll never be a single, but it could be like a little gem on an album or won't get cut at all. Some of those songs don't get cut. Most of them probably don't get cut, but they can open other doors for you. Yeah, a publisher may go, oh, they got something to say. We just need to harness this. Or co-writers may go, oh, that's just so cool. I remember when I first moved to town, there was a writer named Lisa Carver. 
And if you know her, you love her. Some of her stuff was just so amazing. And she got some cuts, and she had Julie Roberts cuts and some other folks, but not a ton of huge stuff. But she's an incredible writer, and her depth and her storytelling can just wow. Just wow. Like, I want to ride with her, and I'm intimidated to ride with her. She's just amazing. we got to ride a little bit. And we got to know each other some, and she was awesome. She had a very specific kind of thing, and it was just cool as all get out. And she landed some cuts, had some publishing deal and that kind of stuff. But, man, she stood out. Like, at a writer's night, you go, wow. Even if she's playing stuff that hadn't been hits and may never be hits. But she has a song that's like six minutes long called Pretty People's Feet. What's it called? Pretty People's Feet. Okay. <laughs> and it's this story about almost like cheers you step down like a basement bar yeah and so this is like a basement diner and they got a great view of pretty people's feet walking by and it's all these characters that are in this basement diner wow and the storytelling it's like this old man sits picking chicken fried steak between his teeth and his eyes hang like heavy burlap bags and there's this red-headed hooker walks in orders herself a drink says man i pulled a double shift and i'm <laughs> and this girl that's sitting there with ample bosom, insufficient cloth, and this boy sitting at the counter tapping his spoon till it hurts. He's staring hard, trying to will them buttons off. Just this amazing going through this characters. It's just an amazing like six minute song. That's a freaking songwriter. Wow. And to my knowledge, it's never been cut by anyone but Lisa. I had the copy of the demo and stuff. But you hear that and you go, holy cow, that's a songwriter. Hell yes. Oh, I love that. Now, let's find something we can work with. Let's put her in some rooms, right? If I were a publisher here, and I'd be like, oh, i got to get her with some of my people and rein that in a little bit or whatever, find some stuff. And she's had some really cool stuff cut. I just want to encourage you to kind of throw off some of those shackles and not be so constrained by what you think radio will and won't play. Because for one thing, radio is less and less important to getting cuts. Artists are doing different things. It's a different world out there these days. And also, that's the stuff that may help you get in the game. It's stuff that may not get on the radio, but it will help you get in the game because it will help you get noticed. And you're going to be more fulfilled if you're talking about stuff that matters to you, that you feel like you didn't compromise on. Again, keep an eye towards structure and craft, and you still got to craft the crap out of these songs. That's what's going to make them work and help make them great, not just an interesting idea or a bold idea, but that you actually write it really, really well. But that's what I want to talk about. I got a gift for you for sending through my rants today. (laughs) It's at songwritingpro.com. Up at the top toolbar, there's a thing that says free gift. And you go and you click on that, and it takes you to my free ebook, Think Like a Pro Songwriter. It has some lessons that I've learned from my years in the music business from making mistakes and having some successes. It's a free ebook. You just tell me where to send it. I send it on to you. And also let you know about some cool stuff we have coming up. We have another Play for Publisher event coming up. I just locked down two publishers. Nice. And so by the time this airs, that should be up on the website as well. You can find out more about that by also downloading Think Like a Pro Songwriter. Also get you on the email list so you can find out about this cool opportunity where you can play your bold song for a publisher that will go, wow, you got something to say. And that's how you start a conversation. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, hey, guys, that brings us to the end of another Killer Climb episode. Subscribe to the podcast if you haven't done so already. Leave a rating and review. We're trying to get to 200. Join the Climb community. We'd love to see you there and get to know you better. And finally, tell somebody about it. If some of these are hitting home for you, let somebody know. Let somebody else know and and turn them on to what we're doing. This podcast exists because we want you to win. So keep on climbing. And we'll see you at the top. Who
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 